Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Some miracles that you've had happen in your life, if you'd like to share those with us tonight, uh, we'd love for you to be able to do that. And if you could just maybe keep it to a couple, because some of us, I know, it would take me longer than probably the time we've got here to tell you about the miracles, because God has done some great things in my life. But if you would, if you, if, if you have a testimony of something miraculous that God has done for you in your life, We'd like to have you share that with us now. Anybody who wants to be first? From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, God's healing every nerve in your body. So, praise the Lord. I went back to, the, I started having seizures though, so I was like, what's going on? So we went back to the hospital, they run more tests, and they took the, um, the first MRI and the second MRI and there was nothing changed so it had stopped there the progress of the MS and it was totally gone so he's like well let's do one more test so they stuck the needle up the back and took some um, spinal fluid and they run the test and it came back that I would never ever have MS so praise the Lord on that (laughs) brother Smith was preaching Wednesday and he said about the leper you know the one that turned around and he wanted Full healing. Well, Thursday, Brother Smith said, what do you want? I said, I want, rest- I want to be completely restored. So that next morning, I stopped taking my pills for my seizures. And I, I would, at night, it would just, oh, you're going to have a seizure. You know, you've got to drive your kid. You've got to drive the, the, grand, the nephew. You're going to drive that far. And you're going to have a seizure. You're going to wreck. Just nag, nag, nag. And I couldn't sleep for two nights. And I just got, and when, during the day, I'm fine. But when I laid down at night, oh, the next night, third night, I finally got some rest. Sydney and I was in Target today. And usually when I have, get ready to have one, I like a deja vu feeling. I'll get cold. And, and it came over me. And I looked at Sydney and I said, I refuse Praise to God. have this Praise feeling. God. I have been healed. And I started just not bawling, but tears were running down my face because I said, I believe I was healed. And that feeling just lifted off of me. So I am still believing right now that I have been restored just like that leper. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Who's next? I will, since you're right here. All right. So you asked us to write it down. (laughs) Five pages later. (laughs) Like you start remembering. (laughs) I'll tell you two from just this last week. So mid-90s, I ended up with this funny marbly tumor between my feet that Brother Smith said. It's an unusual feeling. It has hurt since. The bone of the first little toe was over top of the other one. I'm not kidding. When I came back here, the, the whole marble was gone. I have had no pain since the night he prayed. Praise God. But here's the other one. Do you remember the night before you prayed for my back? I can feel every bone in my back. It's right here. With scoliosis, the bones have been over here. Is that not like... That's God. I'm going to go get some x-rays from Dr. Roby. (laughs) I woke up today and I'm like, that's weird. What's the bump on my back? It's a bone. (laughs) Like where it's supposed supposed to be. be. Isn't that not awesome? (laughs) Praise God. Amen. But I want to tell you the third one. Since These have been since I've been here. 
I got autonomic dysfunction at 32. I wasn't supposed to live till 40. I've lived with, the, I've lived, I've, I've been alive, of course, but I've lived with the severe repercussions of autonomic dysfunction. It, it affects all the, everything in your body. Last year, Brother Burke prayed for me, and I had tests done like a couple months later for something else, and I have no autonomic dysfunction. And people die from this stuff. You don't, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing that goes away. So that's got to be a miracle. It is a miracle. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Who's next? Anybody else? So I was working on my truck, how to brace some, repair some brake work, and Brother Ron was kind enough to come give me a hand, and there was one bolt that we couldn't get out, and we ended up breaking two wrenches on it, two breaker bars we broke. And we were sitting there and thinking about it, and Brother Ron said, we need a miracle, and he started whacking it with a hammer, and next thing we know, it busts loose. So praise the Lord, and the truck's fixed, and it's working, and thank you again, Brother Ron. Um, oh, that's, that's really loud. Um, that just <laughs> threw me off, sorry. Um, back in 2020, uh, as everybody knows, I had COVID just like everybody else did. Um, but mine was a little bit more severe. Um, I was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy, and um, I was, like, hospitalized for, like, three days, panicking, like, in the hospital, drinking just Sprite and whatever they gave me. I don't know what it was. I didn't eat it, obviously, because I want, like, burgers. But... Um, I was hospitalized for three days, um, and then the doctor came back on the, it was Wednesday through Friday, the doctor came to me on Thursday morning telling me that I had cardio, um, man, I forget what it was actually, now that it's gone, um, <laughs> cardio, um, I don't remember what it was, um, uh, cardiomyopathy, and then I had, um, oh, congestive heart failure. Um, he told me that my uh, my heart was only pumping 20% blood. Um, at the time, it was only 25%, and then it got lower. It got worse as like I got out of the hospital. Um, they put me on all these medications and all these meds, and it didn't work. Um, and like I just kept going through doctor appointment, doctor appointments, trying to get my heart better. Um, and they, uh, the last appointment I had, he told me like he was. I was telling him like I feel great, like. I don't know why my heart is not getting better. Like, I've played basketball, I've played kickball, whatever. Like, I've done all the stuff that I usually do and I actually feel better. He's like, I don't know why your heart's not getting better, to be honest. Like, people, like, you shouldn't even be technically alive right now because all pe people, like, yeah. in their, like, 70s who experience this, they're, like, pretty much marked for death. And he was like, you're 24 experiencing congestive heart failure. You shouldn't be going through this. He was like, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you on one more medication. We're going to up the doses on your other ones. And if that doesn't work, we're going to come back and we're going to put you on a, um, a, I think it was like a, a heart defibrillator thing. Like, I don't remember what it was, but it was like something they implant in your heart. I'm 24 and I did not want that. I was not going to get that. I'm telling you, I was about to tell him, no, I'm not getting that. Um, but I went back and he's like, so it turns out after doing some tests, your heart is actually pumping 20 or 50% blood now. So it got better. 
I don't know what it is now, but I'm sure it's way above 50. Um, and I'm, Well, actually, the last time I went, um, my so he left and got out of the practice. I went to my primary doctor. He was like, I saw that you had congestive heart failure and cardio cardiomyopathy from COVID. He's like, that's amazing that you're still living. I was like, well, like, you don't know who my God is. Um, <laughs> and I was like, uh, he was like, yeah, it looks like your heart's pumping 75% blood, which they said is normal for people to have their heart pump 75% blood, not 100%. So I'm convinced that my heart is actually pumping 100% blood now because I'm functioning perfectly fine. So, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Um, many of you have known me for a long time, so you probably remember this. And I don't even really remember it at all. But uh, when I was in second grade, me, my mother, and my grandma went to Haiti for a couple weeks. And uh, while we were there, uh, we were just doing some mission work. And I think they dedicated the, was it they dedicated the school? OK. Well, whatever it was, we, <laughs> we were there for a little while. And uh, when we got back home, I had contracted malaria. And uh, I, like I said, I don't really remember it a whole lot, but I looked it up later. And apparently, like, the mortality rate is, like, 55%. <laughs> so um, I'm just lucky that I have a praying family and a praying church. Thank God. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Um, I feel like it's all healing, but that's okay. Because, I mean, I think sometimes we forget about all the financial blessings that just happen all the time. Um, so I guess I'll just pick two. Uh, I am blessed with children because the Lord healed me. Um, they told me my chances, the percentage was high that I wouldn't be able to have children. And uh, obviously, the Lord healed me of that. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is when Brother Herod was here, and uh, I walked up in mind to have asked the Lord for healing for one thing, and he said, well, what about your hips? And I was like, oh, well, I thought I was going to have to live with that, didn't even think about it, and that was where my migraines always came from, because one hip was higher than the other. So when the Lord spoke that to me, I walked up there and said, I'm here to have my hips straightened out, and so immediately the Lord healed me. The way that I was standing, how I always stood, was totally uncomfortable after the Lord healed me, and I had to stand straight. So those two things come to mind that the Lord did for me. I can't tell you all the other hundreds of times. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, since you um, mentioned financial blessings, I'll go with that one. <laughs> Uh, years ago over at the old church, my husband lost his job, and um, he was actually fired uh, for something that he shouldn't have been fired over. But um, I, am I supposed to be standing up? Okay. So I, um, <laughs> I spent the first uh, week really worried. I mean, how are we going to live and make a mortgage payment on Walmart salary. I don't know. But um, at church, just a few days into this 
um, I just, I, it was probably something you preached at the time. But I told the Lord, I am going to step out in faith. I started upping my um, offerings and uh, was still faithful with my tithes. But I started giving more and more offerings. Um, and it was like three months later, Steve got his job back with back pay. And, um, and the Lord has taken care of us ever since. And I learned from that that if you have a financial trial, give more. Amen. It pays. Yes. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. Amen. So back in 2017, I was living in a rundown house with mice to the point and bugs and all the crazy stuff to the point that when you make dinner you might as well leave something out for them as well um and i started well grandma stoops told me got a fussy little one but uh grandma stoops told me when you need something or you want something from god to write it down pray about it and forget about it as best you can so that's what i did i wrote down exactly what I wanted in a house, a neighborhood, school district, um, just everything. And I really did forget about it. And then um, I soon got a house and a car and everything that I wanted, everything that I wrote on that list, I had gotten. And then, you know, you grow in life and then you decide you want new things. So I wrote down another list. And uh, I am currently packing right now, and I found in this, I have like a memory box of kids' stuff and just things, and I found both lists, and it's so crazy because the neighborhood I'm in, down to the type of car, to the body style, to the neighborhood, to the boys both having a friend that's across the street in the neighborhood, to the school district, to being able to get on the bus at daycare, um, to the job that I have, um, just everything that I wrote down is literally what I have right now. So um, I just switched jobs, and um, it's kind of a little difficult right now because the last job I had wasn't everything that I thought it was going to be. Um, so I'm at a new place now, so I, I'm going to write a new list. <laughs> but yeah, he can do it. Yes, he can. Amen. Amen. He says you have not because you ask not. Don't hurt to ask. Anybody else? I actually have another one. This is actually really funny, though. Um, the first car I had, if nobody remembers, it was a Mercury Sable. The thing, when I bought it, it was like letting out black smoke from the hood. Um, and I remember <laughs> this because I pulled, I went to Wes's house, and he's like, bro, your car is smoking. Black smoke. And I was like, yeah, I know it does that. But that's not the point. Um, <laughs> I had end up like getting insurance on the car, and then I wrecked the like I technically wrecked the car, but it was to the point where it's total total. But the only thing that was wrong with it was like a camshaft sensor. So it was a really small fix, but it was so old that it was just like there's no point in fixing it. Um, but here's where the mir miracle comes in. Um, I got I did an insurance claim and went through all the paperwork and everything, um, and they. So, like, it was through um, State Farm. 
And they, they were like, hey, so your car is total, blah, 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 this is how much you're getting. And I was like, okay, well, cool. And then they told me, um, like, I went, after I got all that and they sent me the check, I went to pay the monthly bill. <laughs> and they were like, um, it turns out you're not, like, they just, they didn't say it turns out. They said, Mr. Smith, we never heard of you. Like, they just said, we don't, we can't make you pay a monthly payment if we've never heard of you. And I said, well, that's a lie because I came into the office to sign papers. Like, my name's on the papers. And I was like, she was like, well, um, you don't have to pay anything. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to pay anything then. And, like, to this day, I have not, it's not on my credit or anything. Like, that, it was like $300 or something like that. Obviously, I probably could pay it at the time. But, yeah, I was young, so and this, I, I'll take it as a miracle. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? Sister Devon. Some good ones. Some good ones. Um, I, God has done so much for me. I'm a walking miracle, really. Uh, the one year I contacted spinal meningitis and the doctor told the family, he said, she isn't going to make it, but if she makes it, she will be a vegetable the rest of her life. Well, I had so many people praying. I was coma stage, so I had no idea what was going on. And uh, people touched the throne of God for me. And 12 hours later, I was fine. People in the emergency room came up. They said, we want to see this miracle that this lady that got this miracle because we know, you know, medically she was gone. And I thank the Lord for that. But, you know, if he can do something that yep. hard, I know he can, he can do anything. My knees are getting better, and right. I'm still right. going to believe. Yes. You know, it's both knees are bone on bone. I've got burns, bone spurs behind my kneecaps. But today, I haven't had any pain medication that I'm supposed Praise to God. take. Praise and God. And I thank the Lord for that. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I've got a lot of... Uh, got a lot of miracles that God's done for me, mostly because I'm accident prone, <laughs> and I just like to eat metal things. Uh, well, I did as a kid, I guess. Um, but yeah, I will say that God has uh, miraculously uh, saved my life from uh, me as as I think I was two years old, swallowed a, a key to like a wind up box, and. Uh, it was lodged in my throat, couldn't breathe, and uh, my parents started praying as they were driving me to the hospital, uh, called the pastor, and he prayed for me, and uh, it shifted enough for me to be able to breathe, and I, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have made it um, to the hospital in time, um, especially when you go to Wood River Hospital, then you probably right. die anyway, That's right. so it's a morgue now, so there's a reason yeah. for that, <laughs> and then also uh, when I was... Uh, when I was in Haiti, uh, I was three years old, and I, I couldn't swim in the pool without a life vest, and I just remember uh, taking it off, 
because I want to use the restroom. And everywhere is the restroom there. So, uh, But I forgot to uh, just put the vest back on. And uh, I jumped in. And uh, I realized that four foot is really deep, deep. for a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank God that my cousin was right there, Paul Michael, because he pulled me out. And, and uh, I was able to make it through that. But, uh, you know, it was just like a, a miraculous thing that he was able to get to me so fast. Because I just remember like looking up and just seeing the surface of the water and just didn't know what was going to happen. So God has a plan and a purpose. And I'm just thankful Amen. for that. Amen. I'm also thankful for, uh, um, sorry, not to keep going forever, but right. uh, when when uh, Lindsay was pregnant with Atticus, um, very early on she was having signs that she was having a uh, um, miscarriage. And uh, we just started to pray, and uh, we came to service that night, special revival service with Brother Holland here. And uh, he came over to her and said that everything was going to be okay, that God was going to take care of it. He didn't know, no one knew what was happening. But we went to the doctor and uh, everything started changing. And uh, Atticus ended up being fine and growing. There were no more issues until later on. Then they started uh, seeing um, his one of his kidneys was underdeveloped. And they were seriously talking about doing surgery on on his kidney, like in the womb. That was sounded like a major thing, yeah. that that was the only way they could fix the issue. So we started praying, and all of a sudden, the next visit we have with a specialist, the, the both kidneys are the same size, they're both growing, and everything's fine. So God is still a miracle-working God. Yes, he is. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. So um, when I was born, I was, goodness, it's loud. Um, I was born early, and I was born, I believe, 27 weeks to seven pounds. I was really early, but anyway, I, my lungs wasn't able to walk at the time. They haven't fully developed, and my Mom and my grandparents started praying for me, and uh, they called my my pastor, who was what was his name again? I forgot. <laughs> Brother McAdams. He prayed for me, and I believe a couple of days later, as soon as he walked out of the door, I started breathing on my own without the um, <laughs> oxygen, and. It's a miracle that I'm here today. Yes, it is. I have, I also have another one. So, um, when, before Brother Smith came in, I got prayed for. I've been getting a lot of torment from the enemy. A lot of it. It was getting to the point where I was I was mentally breaking down again. And I knew that wasn't, well, I was, shouldn't be going on that path. But um, I even had a nightmare that, I believe, that night before 
It was, I don't even remember it still, but I knew I woke up in the middle of the night, scared half to death. But when I came up here and I wanted for that torment to be gone, because I know if the devil's tormenting me so hard, even though people around me are and loving me and God loves me and everything, I know that there's something that God has planned for me. So when I got prayed for, I felt like there was, like, either angels were touching me or God was, and I felt like a cruel around me, and it felt like wings around me. And since then, I haven't gotten any torment. Um, I have, uh, of course, a lot of you have heard a lot of my miracles. Um, it seems like um, I've lived a life just like the rest of you in miracles. Mm -hmm. And we need the Lord every day. But um, some things that have happened, one, one years ago, and I think I mentioned it, some might know it, but I remember going to the hospital and um, Christine Kelly's husband was there and he was very, very sick, some of you knew him. He had come to church a few times here. Um, and he was in desperate need. So when I got there, uh, he was breathing. And then all of a sudden, as we were around his bed, he just stopped breathing. And he literally died right there on the bed. He was not moving. There was nothing. They didn't have a heart monitor on him, but he was not breathing. He was not moving. He was not responding to anything. So we just gathered around his bed and just laid hands on him and started praying for him. And I mean, it was just in a few moments of time. Uh, he came back to life and he lived, I don't remember, how, a couple, two or three years after that, maybe more than that. And I think he even came to church after that. So uh, that was a powerful miracle. Amen. But Amen. something that's been happening here recently and in the past also, uh, I've been praying for our church and and literally just coming before the Lord. And I thank the Lord that he's very patient with me because I was very, very straightforward with him and just asking him to perform some miracles for our congregation, for our people, and um, uh, for revival and these things. And um, I was just, I know as I was praying and talking to the Lord, I know he heard every word. Yes, he did. But what's amazing about this and a miracle that has, every time I prayed like that, even a recent, the Lord always gives me scripture to answer the question. And I thank the Lord for that because it yes. just, yes. I, I sit there and I read the word and I just start chuckling and I say, Lord, okay, I <laughs> thank you for that. But it is a miracle. It is a miracle. What God shows us through his word when we ask, just like you were saying, we just asked. But that's a miracle for me. Praise God. Praise God. Last chance. Well, um, I, like many of us in this room, had COVID and uh, had it pretty bad. Um, after being at home, a cup, well, I guess it was a couple of days, I can't remember how long it was that I was at home uh, with it, but 
Um, I mean, I never experienced migraines like that where it was just like constant and wouldn't go away. And, you know, you're, it just seemed like you're back to back. Like, when can I, when can I take some more uh, ibuprofen or something to try to get rid of this? Um, and so ended up in the hospital and obviously everybody in this room probably knows most of the story, but, um, uh, I just remember being in the hospital room and like, you know, I know some people are full of faith when they're in the hospital, like God's going to heal me. This is, uh, it's going to be fine. But I just, it was like one of those moments in your life where you think like, is this, could this possibly yeah. be it? Could this be the end of my life? And that's a really terrible place to be mentally. And then you have to sit in a room where no one can come visit you. You feel alone and all of that. And then I remember, um, I, and we'd also, we had heard a really, just, we had a doctor that was not great um, that said, uh, well, the, I asked him what the solution was. This is when I first got to the hospital. And he said, well, if the solution is we go back three months or whatever it was and get you vaccinated. So I was like, thanks a lot for that. Um, well, now what's the actual solution, you know? But yeah. he just, he was really negative and God dealt with that too uh, through us filing a report through the hospital. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, but I was in the, I was in the uh, bathroom of the hospital and, and I had all these like, tubes and wires on me and I couldn't hardly get up out of the bed. It was really annoying, frustrating. And uh, I remember I coughed up blood. And if you've ever seen any movie ever, when someone coughs up blood, that's it. They're done. (laughs) Their life is over. (laughs) And I just remember, like it's, you know, it's the classic scene of you like coughing into a handkerchief and you're like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> it's over <laughs> and so I, I like I felt that or I felt like that I was like what is this you know um, but uh, God miraculously miraculously healed me I believe through it all and uh, I was I, when the healing started to take place it really uh, happened pretty quickly and I just started coming back and recovering and um, but I believe it was because of all the prayers of, you know, Amen. my family and the church family and everybody. Um, and then the uh, the other testimony I had was, and I've, I've probably mentioned this before, but um, when we first got married, I had um, actually, when we got married, I was without a job. Uh, I'd had worked several jobs, you know, working up to getting married and saving up for a ring and doing all that. And then the day that we're married, you know, I, I have no job. And, and so we kind of started out rough because, you know, uh, we had one income and I was I actually got to a point I was pretty depressed and, uh, you know, was constantly looking for a job and never could find anything. And then the day that the, um, unemployment was supposed to run out, I got a call from brother Robert Williams and he offered me a job and, I I'm, I just look back on that. I've I've not been un, unemployed since that call that day, and I just think it's amazing God's provisions. And and also on top of that, um, at that point in my life, I had no idea what I wanted to do at all. I mean, I there was things I was interested in design. 
um, and marketing and all of that. But I, you know, I just thought that's like I, I got to go to school for that. There's no way I can do that. And um, God has basically given me the job that I could have dreamed of. You know, um, doing work for the church, doing design work, marketing, all of that, and um, and and also even just the types of projects we're working on now. I mean, we, um, this is a little bit of a hush-hush project, but uh, we just talked with a missionary the other day that uh, is wanting us to build a website for um, Muslims that are having a revelation of who Jesus is. Awesome. And um, That's awesome. You know, there's, they're not able to even talk about names, they're not able to use names, and there's all this <clears throat> security around it. Um, but I just, like I had, I got off a call, that call the other day, and I just thought, this is amazing that God get, has given me a chance to do these kind of things. And I'm just so thankful, and I look back on that, you know, that, those moments back in that house in Meadowbrook, you know, where I was depressed and felt like life was over. I'd come back from Bible college early, you know, thought I would go there four years, didn't, that didn't happen. Um, and so there's just all these doubts of, you know, God can't use me, you know, whatever. And, and through this, you know, uh, God performed a miracle and, and I'm where I'm at today. One other quick thing. I was here at the church the other day. And actually before that, I, was, I went to a suit shop and I was looking around. And um, I went into the shop and I'm looking, you know, and I'm trying stuff on. And found my size and the guy there was... You know, he told me what my size was or whatever, and but all the the stuff was really expensive, and um, I so I just kind of kept looking around. I'm like, okay, whatever, and I left eventually. Um, I come to the church. I think it was the next day, and I'm going through the. I'm in the coat closet, <laughs> in the coat closet, and there's a jacket hanging up in there, and so I pull it off the hanger and I look at it, and I. I opened it up and it said tailored fit and I was like okay <laughs> like they all say that but it's not really tailored fit and then I look at the other side and open it up and it says my exact size <laughs> and um, the, <laughs> it's not a full suit but it was a jacket and if it's any of your jacket I'll let you have it back but um, <laughs> But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I, I've been needing you know dress clothes, and, and I found that. And <laughs> I did try it on, and Jen made fun of me. Said it looked a little boxy or something on me. <laughs> but what are the odds? You know, I mean uh, that that it was exactly my size. Said tailor fit on it, and uh, if Jen has a problem with it, she can take it up with God. <laughs> Well, thank you all for sharing with us. Some good stuff, man. Have to write a book. That's good stuff. But God has done a lot of things for a lot of us, hasn't he? And seriously, there, there are things that God has done for us that we don't even know he's done. Seriously. Stuff we've never asked him to do. Stuff we didn't even know we needed. And yet what happens? He takes care of it before we even have to ask him for it. 
And those things, most of the time, they go unnoticed by us, but that's God. That's who he is. He cares about us. He really does. And we think a lot of times about miracles being the, the great, fantastic, mountain-moving experiences, and those things happen. They've happened in my life. They've happened in yours, I'm sure. But the things that mean, I think, more to me are the little tiny things that seem so insignificant, but they're important to us. And when you ask him, he'll take care of those things. I, I rem- I'll just give you one, uh, one little thing here. And there's, again, there's tons of things I could tell you tonight, but this is just one that stuck out to me. Just to show you how God is. Um, I was in need of a truck. My truck had kicked the bucket, and uh, there was no bringing it back to life. It was done. And I needed a truck. I didn't have the money to buy one, so I said, God, I need a truck. You know my situation, and I know you, and I need a truck. Two days later, my son-in-law drove a truck over to my house and said, I got a truck for you. (laughs) Two days. I only had to go without a truck for two days. Was that an accident? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's God. You think he doesn't care about us? He does. And, and we forget that a lot of times because we get so, so caught up in life and so caught up with uh, just trying to make it through life, struggling through life. But he does care about us. He does care about us. And I, it, it's great when we hear stories and accounts of, of others when God has been so good and miraculous things have happened in their lives. And it's, it's a great thing for us to experience uh, vicariously through other people, but it's even more special when they happen to us. And I'm telling you, if, if you haven't had a lot of miracles happen in your life, you can. You can. Because God doesn't play favorites. He doesn't love anybody in here any less than he loves me or any more. He loves us. He cares about us so much. He really does. And these personal miracles that we've talked about, uh, these things encourage us. They help to build our confidence. And we need that. We need that. And I want to talk to us tonight just for a little bit, and then we're going to have some prayer here. But um, I'm, I want to... Uh, just talk for a short time tonight about the miraculous and the the part uh, that we play in relationship to the miraculous. And I'm going to do it in an unorthodox way, which is the way I usually do it. (laughs) Because that's just the way I think. And, And to start off with, I want us to consider what a miracle is. Very simply, miracles are events that take place in our world which are known to be impossible within the restrictions of the physical laws under which we are governed. How many of you know that that our world, our universe, is governed by laws? You learn about it in school. There are thousands of them. And we are subject, 
subjected to those laws. We can fight against them, but we'll lose because they are laws that God has established. He set them in order. Physical laws. And they govern our world. Everything in it. And to, uh, let me give you for an example here. Physicians understand that, that uh, tumors and, and other sorts of, of growths that can happen in our bodies, that uh, those things do not go away on their own. They know they don't. They've had enough encounters with them over the years that they know that they just simply don't go away on their own because it's not a physical law. The physical law says it's not going to happen. The physical law says when that thing starts growing, it's not going to stop. It's going to continue. That's the physical law. And there's really nothing that they can do about it except to try to cut it out and hope that it doesn't come back. And most of the time, it will come back. And there's nothing they can do about that. They can't control the physical laws. But when a miracle happens, something takes place that suspends the law so that when they examine that thing that's supposed to not be able to happen, and yet here it is, it's happened, and there's no indication that it was ever there to begin with. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. And we know those things happen. We know that miracles are real. Now I, wanna, I want us to just set that aside for just a, a little bit here because we'll come back to that. But I want to go in a different direction. You and I are here tonight. We're doing what we're doing here tonight instead of doing what other people who are, are sinners are out doing. We would used to be doing that. But we're not doing that now because we've decided to do something different with our lives. And that's why we're here. And part of the reason that that goes on is the existence of what we know as salvation. We have experienced it. We've experienced salvation. Peter presented the method that God established for sinners to be able to enjoy what you and I enjoy, the liberty and the transformation that occurs within the the individual with the experience of salvation. It comes through repentance, water baptism, invoking the name of Jesus in order to remit our sins and making way for us to become a candidate to then be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. This is as Peter explained the process to the questioning crowd on the day of Pentecost. That's how he told them. They asked them, uh, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to be saved? Peter told him, this is the step. This is the process. This is the plan. This is, this is how you become saved. This is salvation. And yet, there was another explanation that's provided for us in Scripture about that same process. And Jesus was the one who explained it. Jesus was approached by a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was asking the same question that the people asked on the day of Pentecost, only he didn't really get around to it. He, was, he would eventually have made his way around to it, but Jesus just cut to the chase and said, I know why you're here, dude. You're here to find out about salvation. Well, this is it. It's like being born again. It's a new birth experience. 
Peter explained it one way. Jesus explains it another. It's the same process. It's the same experience. And the way that Peter explained it and Jesus explained it are different. They're different. The way that Jesus describes it when he was talking to Nicodemus, he's not talking about a literal rebirthing, a physical rebirthing. And that confused Nicodemus at first, but Jesus said, you're not understanding what I'm saying because this is not about you physically being rebirthed. This is about a spiritual birth, not a rebirth in spirit, but a spiritual birth. It's something that's occurring for the first time. It's not about being reborn physically. It's about being born for the first time spiritually. It's a new birthing process. So here, Peter's telling us one version of salvation, and Jesus prior to Peter is telling us another version of the same process. Same process, different approach, different vantage point. Both terms can be used, the plan of salvation and the new birth experience, and both of them are accurate in describing the process that, sal uh, that is salvation for sinners. They're both okay. But these two terms do differ from one another by the way they stand for their particular aspect of the same experience. I'm going to explain it to you. When the process is referred to as the plan of salvation, it's related to the aspect of our being purged from our sin and provided with the power to live a new life here in this world. That's what we know of salvation. A power that has freed us from our former slavery to sin. And this is the approach that we see used most often when we refer to salvation. And that's good. That's okay. But then we come to the Jesus aspect of approach to our salvation. The new birth. And this new birth isn't incorporated nearly as much in fact, it's used seldom when we try to explain the process of salvation. We talk about the process, the plan of salvation. We go to uh, Acts 2.38 and we, we talk about that as the process of salvation. Yet Jesus has just as much a vital approach to presenting salvation to us. And his is, is vitally important for us as well. The thing about Jesus' approach versus the Peter approach involving salvation there's something that differentiates the one from the other. In the Jesus approach, he's introducing us to the concept of our becoming a brand new relative to someone. A birth. It's a relationship, becoming a relative, becoming someone connected closely to someone. It's the concept of becoming a brand new part of another's life. And after all, that is what takes place in the process of birth. It's a brand new relative that's created. It's brought into existence through the union of two souls 
who've committed themselves to each other. And from that process, a new birth has transpired and that product of their union is now related to both parties and can, can be said to belong to both parties. That's important. This birth of which Jesus spoke was not in reference again to a physical type, but rather to a spiritual one. And in the case of the new birth, it would be made possible by the union of Jesus, who is the father, and the church, who is the bride. And that church body began on the day of Pentecost, which Jesus married himself with. The church being the bride or the wife. The bride brings forth new births which are connected to the salvation of the sinner on earth or in our world. And that's great. But the best part is when we begin to take a look at what the Father brings to the table. This is where it gets very special. You remember when Jesus stood before Pilate who asked him if he was a king. Jesus' answer was, it is as you say, I am a king. But my kingdom is not what you're thinking about. My kingdom is not on the order that you think of as kingdoms go. My kingdom is from a different world. It's not of this world. It's of another world. Not your physical world, but a different world. And so from this, we can understand that there is a physical world that exists, but there's also a spiritual world and realm that equally exists. And this world that Jesus spoke of was of a supernatural nature, which means that his world is above and beyond this natural world that we live in. It supersedes it. It's greater than this world. It's a place which spiritual beings inhabit. And while these two worlds exist as distinct and apart from one another, they nevertheless are still connected to one another. They're distinct and different, and yet they're connected. They overlap each other. The one is seen or visible to us while the other is not. The Apostle John explains to us about the, uh, the close connection that exists between our two worlds. John tells us that it was the unseen world which predates our world. In other words, this unseen world was in existence long before one molecule of our world was formed. This other world is much more ancient than this world or this universe, if you will. We talk about the world, but we're really talking about the universe, all of it, because it's all physical. And as vast and expansive as this universe is to us, there's a far vaster world universe, if you will, that exists 
and existed long before this one ever came into power, into existence. It was in existence, and as a result of it being in existence, John says that it was due to the actions of that other world that was in existence, that supernatural world that generated the creative energy and provided the design that produced our world or our universe. Even now, our world continues to exist and flourish due to the power and the oversight that's being provided by that other world. The power of the invisible supernatural world is what keeps this world going. What that means is that this supernatural world is far greater and by comparison far more superior to this world, uh, to this world uh, that we live in. It's far greater. Now, because of what takes place in the process of the new birth, we're going to get back to this. We are called the sons of God. That's something to be called the son of God. If you're a son or a daughter of God, that puts you in pretty special company. And that's what the new birth process is all about. It's about putting you in relationship as a son or a daughter of God. That brings to light the idea that as sons of God, we now not only belong to our world, but we also enjoy citizenship within the world that is supernatural. Physically, we belong here. We're citizens here. But spiritually, we have citizenship in that other world which is far more important than our citizenship here. And that gives us some major advantages. While our citizenship in the realm of God is real, it would not be considered your normal sort of belonging to a kingdom. Think about this for a minute. Ours is connected to what would be considered the ruling class of that kingdom. We're not your average citizen of that special supernatural kingdom. In fact, John tells us in the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and verse number 6, he tells us that we are that God has made us to be kings and priests unto him. Kings and priests unto him. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10, the same thing is said. God has made us to be kings and priests unto him. And verse number 10 of chapter 5 says, in this earth, on this earth, in this world. What does that mean? That means something very special. You and I have power. We have authority. We have dominion. Rulership. 
the ability to speak and things happen. Thank God. How much authority does a king possess? In his kingdom, he is top dog. Whatever his kingdom is, wherever it's over, he's the man. And if he says something, it, it's carried out. Somebody sees to it that whatever he says, it's done. It's done. And we are kings in the realm of that other spiritual world. And yet what God has done is he has transplanted us as kings, even though we are kings in his realm, he has put us here to reign over this kingdom called earth. But he has invested us with his authority and his power with the backing of that realm from which he has come and which has been bestowed upon us a citizenship and he has supported us in whatever our endeavors are in this earth because he's put us here as kings to rule. To rule. Here. Some of you don't believe that, I know. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that we have the right to say and it be done here. And the, the devil sure doesn't want you to know that. He sure doesn't want you to start believing that. That you have that much power that you can speak and something can happen. But didn't Jesus say that's exactly what could take place? Didn't he say if you have faith, if you believe and understand who you are in me, nothing will be impossible for you. Why? Because of the authority that we have in him. And we let the devil beat us up and, and crawl all over us and just make our lives miserable. And he hasn't got an ounce of power to do that to us. If we stand up and recognize who we are. We can change this world. That's our job. We're the kings. This is our domain here. That's where we've been posted by God. And our job is to change the world for the better. And he's given us the power to do that. And we don't even know we got it. Most of the time we don't believe we've got it. Let me ask you this. When is a king a king? All the time. Well, what if he wakes up one day and he doesn't feel good? What if he wakes up one day and he feels lousy? What if he wakes up one day and he just feels like he's just lower? He, he just can't even crawl out of bed. He just feels so low. Is he still king? We don't believe that. When we don't feel it, we don't think we're kings. We go by feelings way too much, folks, I'm telling you. This isn't about feeling. This is about what God has called us. And you may not be feeling like a king some days, and a lot of days we don't. Well, then I really can't be praying for somebody. I really can't be getting involved in the kingdom of God because I just, I'm not there. I don't feel it. 
baloney. That doesn't stop you from being who you are just because you don't feel it. The devil wants you to believe that and he'll jump all over you and make you feel lousy on purpose because when you're feeling lousy, you don't believe you're a king. And he'll keep doing that to us as long as we let him. You are a king every day. If, you, if you're saved, if you have the plan of salvation intact, if you're part of the new birth experience, you are a king. Whether you feel like it every day or not, you have the same authority and the same power. And that means that you can pray even whenever it feels like your prayers don't go higher than your, your head. That doesn't mean a thing. You spoke it. The authority of heaven will, admi will ad uh, administer whatever needs to be administered in order to see that done. Whether you feel it or not. We can change our world. We're kings, and we've got to begin believing that truth, that we have the right to rule in this world. I'm telling you, God wants us to know this. The things that have been coming across the pulpit, the things that have been happening here, have all been gearing us up toward this to understand who we are and the rights we have. And when we do that, you talk about seeing an explosion in the kingdom of God and things happening here in this city. It will happen. We've just got to believe it. We've just got to accept who we are. Even when we don't feel like it. It doesn't stop us being who we are in Christ. We have the authority. We have the power. In our world, there are, there are people who are in control. Whether we know it or not, the, the, the people who we vote into office don't control our country. There are other forces more powerful than presidents that are in control of our country. And... Though we may not hold a physical position as kings, that doesn't matter because this world means nothing when it comes to authority because where does all authority come from? That other world. And he has made us kings in that other world, which means our authority, because of the other world, supersedes any authority that's here. Any physical authority. That means that when we pray... We can move mountains. We can change the world. The, the problem that's going on in Ukraine. Do you know what? We have the power to stop that. We don't have to accept that. We can pray against what's going on in Ukraine. God will back us up and it'll stop. I, and it's the truth. I'm telling you, that's the truth. Do, do anybody here remember Daniel? One man. One man against an empire. Not a kingdom, 
an empire. What did he do? He changed the empire. Why? Because he dared to pray and believe in God. That's one guy. Let's see. I count a lot more than one here. There's power when we join our kingdoms together. And we can change the face of our world. God wants us to do that. It sounds like pie in the sky, I know. But I'm telling you, it's not. It's the truth. It's the truth. We have lived being beaten to death by everything that comes along. We, we don't have to accept the policies of our country. We don't have to accept what they're trying to do. We can pray against it and it'll fall. Or we can put up with it. Sir, how many of you like paying $4 for a gas, tank of gas, for a gallon of gas? You know what you, all you got to do? Talk to the one who owns all this stuff and say, God, we, we, can't, we can't handle this. This is affecting too much. It's time for it to stop. And guess what? It'll stop. I remember a while back, um, this has been a couple years ago, I guess. Prices had come up. And it just got all over me. I put up with it and finally I said, you know what, God, this is enough. I'm tired of this. I said, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I want gas prices to go back down under $2. One week later, the gas prices dropped down below $2. We could have lived with that. I wasn't going to live with it anymore. I was done with it. I'm telling you, folks, we have power. We have power in our tongues to speak and things can happen. I'm serious. And I... God wants us to begin to believe this and live it. And we will change. We'll see things change. We will see people's lives changed. We will see it. We will see it. One of the things that has bothered me and that I really want us to, to pray about tonight is this jar. This jar right here. How long has it been since we've been praying on this jar? Four years. How many names have come out of that? That's right. It's time for us to start emptying this thing. Start taking names out instead of putting them in. It can happen. It can happen. When we start believing that what we ask him... He's going to back it up because he listens to us because we are his and he has put us here for that purpose. We can start emptying this jar and we need to. We need to. And I want us to pray tonight that God is going to empty this jar this year. Not in the future, this year. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. God can't do that. He, can, he can't do that. No, that's too big for God. Then why are we praying? I'm telling you, I believe God can empty that jar. 
I believe he's ready to empty the jar. This is a church. Is it not? This is a church. That would have to fill this church up. Just the names right there. It's time to believe. It's time to believe and speak it in belief. Recognizing who we are and why we're here. We are here to be kings and to reign righteously over the affairs of men. And to do what we can to see to it that the kingdom of God is brought down to this earth. And flourishes here. That's our purpose. That's our purpose. And that's what God wants. That's what God wants. Praise God. Pastor, I want you to come up. I want you to, if you will, to pray for us. And then we're going to pray for God to empty that jar. Praise God. Just pray a prayer over us that God would help us to accept the truth of who we are. And begin to believe it and act on it. Praise God. Amen. I want to say thank you, Brother Ron, for feeling after the Lord because this is exactly what God wants. Amen. So let's all bow our heads. No, I tell you what, let's just stand. Let's stand. How many believe? Everybody. Everybody. Amen. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I come before you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You've given us authority. You've given me authority. You've given your people authority, Lord, to speak the word, to speak unto the mountain it be removed and cast into the sea. Lord, you've given us that voice. You've given us that authority. And God, I pray tonight, Lord, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the word that you have spoken We believe in the promises that you have given, God. And I pray right now, Lord Jesus, you have given us a clear understanding of who we are. God, we take authority right now over our world, God, over the things that are troubling us, God. I speak directly to these things. Over the powers of darkness that have tried to shine its darkness all around, light is going to come in and dispel every part of the darkness in Jesus' name. I speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. God, I pray that the mountains, God, that have been built through the government, God, that will be removed. And Lord, that your kingdom will shine forth and the authority and power of your spirit would shine forth and that souls will be won to you, God, and into your kingdom. They belong, God, in your church. They belong in your kingdom. Hallelujah. They are your creation. Amen. Every soul, God, I pray that you'll let there be a great awakening, God, in the city of Bethalto, in this area, and all around, God. I pray that there will be a mighty awakening of the power of your spirit and miracles and wonders, God, that cannot be denied in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will speak to every heart, God, that is not 
living for you today, God. I pray that you will speak to their heart, speak to their mind, God. Let them receive of the word of the Lord. Let them be drawn to the house of God. Let them feel that desire to walk through the doors and to be in your spirit or to pray in their homes and receive the power and glory of salvation, God, or on the job, wherever it is, God. Let them receive it. I pray, God, that their hearts will be so hungry. I pray that there will be such a mighty revival and such a mighty move of your spirit and God a new birth that comes to every individual in this whole area God let there be revival in every one of our churches let there be such a move of God and a harvest that God we cannot contain it all that is your desire that is your want that is your hunger Amen. That is what you're all about, God, is souls. And I pray that you will touch each one. God, lead us to people. Amen. To speak a word, God, that you give to us. Amen. Lead us, God, to hungry souls. Let us reach out. Let us minister to them, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray, God, against the financial struggles of our area and of our people, God. I pray that you will remove this high prices of utilities and gas. I pray, God, that you'll bring that price back down and Satan, you're a liar. God, God can take care of this. Satan, you're a liar. You're not going to, you're not going to give us a thought of unbelief, God, because we stand upon your the Lord's word. We stand upon it today. We have authority right now and we will always have authority as long as we are a part of this kingdom and a part God walking upon this earth. We are the salt of the earth and as long as we are a part of that kingdom, we're going to take our rightful place and authority. I pray for your congregation right now. I pray God that they would totally understand what has been said tonight, that it is the word of the Lord. I pray, God, that we will walk like we're kings and priests of your kingdom. I pray that we will speak, God, as you have given us that authority. I pray, God, that we will live it. We will breathe it. We will walk in it. And we will walk humbly before you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, cover our people, God. Let them go forth from this building speaking faith, speaking the word, God. Let them go forth from this house and amen, out into the streets, out into this area and come in contact with people, amen, and speak a word of faith and pray and see miracles, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we are praying right now for every name that is in this vase. Lord, there are some that have already come back to you. 
We have testimonies of some that have already come back to you. But there are so many more, God. I pray, God, that you will let these names in this vase, let them come to you, amen, and surrender to you and be flooded with the power and glory of your presence again. Hallelujah. I speak it right now. I speak to every name in this vase. I speak to every name, God. Let them feel the power of your kingdom. Let them feel the power of your spirit. Let them feel the deliverance. Let them feel the freedom and the liberty because in your kingdom is liberty and salvation. Amen. And freedom. Amen. And a miracle for their life. God, I speak to these names. I claim it in Jesus' name. It's yours, God. These are your people. Oh, yes, children of the Lord right here. We claim it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We speak it out of our mouth. Oh, yes, where two or three agree on any given thing, let it be established. And today, God, we agree together with you. Hallelujah. We agree together with you that this church, God, is your kingdom and that we will see the very miracles of their souls and testimonies of their lives coming back to you and giving praise and glory to you, God, for what you have done in their life. I thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give the Lord praise right now. We're just acknowledging what we have said in the authority that God has given us, and we're thanking God for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for it. Because we will see it. And we will experience it. And we will walk in it. Oh, to you give praise. We give praise, Lord. We give praise. We give our worship to you. We magnify you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. Hallelujah, the angels are marching forth. Amen. At the sound of the voice of God's people, the angels of the Lord are going to battle for these needs tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And God's Spirit is going to baptize them and cover them and heal them and deliver them. We thank you, God, for it. We thank you, Lord, for our families. We thank you, Lord, for our friends. We thank you, Lord, for our, our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We thank you for it because, God, you are taking care of it right now. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for it. We praise you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, shalamate la keto sotoro riabai. Ila ke asiatele yobakoto mondo. Ila la 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 riasiatele yobakoto sotoro riatele la 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 riatino. Imanda la 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 riakieto toya la riah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Understanding everything has been said here tonight, been prayed here tonight. I want us to walk like that. I want us to step out in boldness. We believe, don't we? We believe, and I know we do. And I want us to walk in that. I want us to speak it. I want us to pray every day before you go to work, before you go to school, before whatever you do. I want you to pray that God will lead you and give you a word to speak to somebody. And trust me, they have been praying also that God would speak a word to them. And you are the deliverer of that message from heaven to them. God heard it. God knows it. Amen. And, and souls are going to be are being one right now. It's happening right now. It's not down the road. It's happening right now. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Just, just a second. I am uh, very sick of this church living in a state. I wouldn't say it's poverty. But we have not been able to do what we absolutely need to do for this building we need a new roof. We need a sign. We, and we, the money is not currently in the account. So I want us to release fi the finances that God would put that money into our... He's already done it before through storms, whatever. I don't care how he does it. It doesn't matter. But we're only living in this state because we have not stepped into that place of authority. All the money in the world belongs to the Lord. And we are his. Yes, and this is God's. He cares about this church more than we do. So I want us to release financial blessings upon this building, upon our bank account. That I'm, I'm telling you, God's going to give us the money for the sign, for new bathrooms to be built. We haven't even asked him for that, but I'm saying it now. It is going to happen. And we're going to have the money for the new roof. And then there's going to be extra just sitting in there so we can give it away. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's speak it. Let's speak it right now. Jesus, God, I thank you for you taking care of your church. God, we speak specifically, Lord, to this roof. We need the funds, God, and we know that this is your church. And we pray, God, that you will supply the funny funds today, God. The money, Lord, let it happen. Let the finances come. We pray right now, God, that you would take care of remodeling the bathroom. Send the money, God. Send the work. Amen. I claim it in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would touch the need for our sign. And I pray, God, and I, I proclaim it, that it will be done. This is your church, God. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim today, God, that you will repair the parking lot. In the name of Jesus, it's yours, God. We claim it. Send the funds for it to happen or the workers for it to take place, God. I pray for the concrete work that needs to be done. I claim victory over it, Lord. I speak it today, God. I take authority over it. It's your church, God. Send the funds and the finances for it to be taken care of. 
God, let miracles take place. You did it before, God, and you're doing it right now, and I claim it in the name of Jesus. I, we speak it out of our mouth right now. God, kings and priests with the Lord, you've given us that authority, Lord. I speak it in the name of Jesus. The brickwork, God, that needs to be done, I speak the word for it to happen, God, that you will work it all out, God, in the name of Jesus and supply the funds and the workers to do it, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray, hallelujah, hallelujah. And any other need around this church campus, I pray, God, that you work a miracle right now. This is your church. This is your miracle right here. We're in the midst of your miracle, God. Hallelujah. We claim it in the name of Jesus. We speak it out of our mouth together as the body of Christ. We believe and we pray because we believe God in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. We praise you for it, Lord, because I know that you're working it all out. It's all being worked out right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God, Brother Timothy.